Once again, we back on the on the line. This Walker the Walker podcast, man. We got we ready. Got a lot of topics to discuss today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What's going on, T. Walk? Uh, nothing much, man. Just slow rolling right now, man. Slow rolling, man. Um, what do you think about the NFL? I really want to get into that, man. It's, it's been some more roster changes. Malcolm Butler potentially going to Tennessee Titans, man. I think they they finalized a deal. That's big. And, you know, I, I'm glad to see him go get his money. Like I said, I think Malcolm Butler is is a – I wouldn't say he's an elite cornerback, but he's a – I think he's a pretty good cornerback. You know, I think he's a, a top 20 cornerback. Yeah, I, I would definitely put him in the top 20. Yeah. So, he, 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 he's definitely he, – he's not a lockdown corner, but he definitely is an asset to your team. He, you know, he plays pretty well, you know, so I, I'm just happy to see. Well, I'm happy to see anybody get their money, you know, so he got a couple rings, so it was time to make that money now, you know. Right, and I think that's a, that was part of the reason why. And people, you know, I have a theory about Super Bowl. I, I don't think it was all about the, the side reports. I think a lot of it was to, to devalue Malcolm Butler. Right. And, you know, that's the reason why they didn't play in Super Bowl, which is a bold move. You know, I would have played him, but you know, I think they wanted to devalue him and make him, you know, stay for a discount and not let him go to another team. And another team was willing to pay him, you know, some money. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, you kind of you knew what was going to happen with that because the writing was on the wall when you weren't willing to pay him, but you bring Ste- Stephen Gilmore on from from uh, Buffalo and you give and you basically break bread for him. So, you knew, you knew with something like that, it wasn't going to end very well. I, I, I'm not surprised he gone at all. Right, and I I knew after Super Bowl that was pretty much going to be it. Uh, that it was just a matter of time for the right situation, contract, and uh, and I'm proud of him. Glad he got the deal. Vicksburg, Vicksburg, Mississippi native. Yes, sir. Uh, two Super Bowls in, and hey, man, we'll keep you safe. I mean, he could he could not win another Super Bowl, and he could say he's a two time Super Bowl champion. There you so go. Good, so good for him, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the main thing, is, I'm surprised people are not talking about this more. It's a game changer, Kurt. And the thing, the first thing you don't believe is, is the person that did it. But Kurt, Kurt Cousins signed the deal. Well, he, I think he's going to sign a deal with the Vikings. With the Vikings, and you're like, okay, well, eighty-seven million dollars. And you're like, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is it's all guaranteed. That does not. That, well, that has never happened in the NFL. A guaranteed contract. It's no, it's not one of these contracts where you see this big number, like they do quarterbacks. So, like, like the one Garoppolo, it seems a massive because it's like a hundred and thirty-five million or whatever over five years. But they always tell you, look at the guaranteed money, because you rarely ever get all the amount what the contract is for. This is going to change everything because it's guaranteed. They only do that in Major League Baseball and NBA. But I'm not going to say every player can start getting guaranteed contracts. They got lost in the next year. But you best believe that Aaron Rodgers, his next contract coming up, he, I'm sure he's going to say, give me three years, $100 million guaranteed, you know. It's going to start with the quarterback, and I think it's going to trickle down from there. Back on? Yeah. T-Walk. Yeah, I don't know what happened out there. Sorry about the technical difficulty. 
just uh, lost connection connection with you, so we just gonna pick up where we left off and yeah. edit it back into it again. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, there's 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 people. I mean, that's a game changer in the NFL because you know, for for having a hundred percent guaranteed contract where it's not all these incentives and bonuses that you got to get. I mean, it's a hundred percent. I mean, the money that they say they're gonna give you is what you get. You get all that money, and you know. So, I mean, I would rather have eighty-seven million guaranteed than have one of these contracts where they say, "Okay, well, the contract can be up to one hundred fifty million dollars, but you only guarantee money seventy million. So, you're never gonna get all that money, you know." Yeah, and, and that's a good point. You know, and, and just to kind of uh, pick it back off about Jimmy, uh, Jimmy G. Um, basically, to me, it was a contract that. You know, of course, it's not guaranteed money, right? And I think right. San Francisco did that. They did that with uh, with, with cap, right? And and basically, to me, Jimmy G has an opportunity. I think he's going to earn his money. I think what what you saw with him the last five or six games in San Francisco was very much. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think the problem was New England didn't want to give him. You know, there were some issues with that because I think he is a quarterback of the future. I think he's a very good uh, player. And you saw that they, they were winning games with them, and they were able to move the ball down the field. And you get a quarterback that can throw accurate, get the ball down the field, he earned that, that contract. You know, what he what you saw with him, he earned enough money. But like you said, hey, Kirk gets guaranteed dollars, and ain't nothing yeah. like guaranteed money. That's it. And the thing is, West Beach game changer because, okay, if you don't think this Kirk Cousin, he's going to open up the floodgates for others. Because me, it's not going to be everybody. Everybody that can't don't have the pool or the positioning to get a guaranteed contract. So don't, I'm not going to say everybody can get a guaranteed contract because nothing happens. But the people that do have it in their favor, like perfect example, I think Aaron Rodgers is up to renew his contract soon. If you don't think Aaron Rodgers comes to the table and say, I want a hundred plus million guaranteed money, you're crazy. And I mean, you talk about Aaron Rodgers. You know, me, you have a debate about this. To me, I think he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, and, and to me, that's just because talent-wise, and people would debate, and most people would not would, wouldn't say he's not the most talented. He's definitely the most talented player. I mean, just talking about what he can do. And I think he changes the franchise. I mean, he can go to any team outside of New England. Any team in the league will take Aaron Rodgers right now. I You know, there's a few teams that might say, well, you know, we got a promising quarterback. But, yeah, a, a quarterback like him, which is, to me, again, the most talented quarterback, can do anything, can throw anywhere, got a strong arm still, uh, can demand his money. And, and, and uh, Oh, yeah, and, and it's, it's going to be other quarterbacks. You're talking about Kirk Cousins is playing the top half quarterback. So, I mean, he made it the top 12 to 15 quarterbacks. You got guys that are going to get free, and they're going to be saying, if you get it, I don't care. I, I'm not taking less than Kirk Cousins. If you if you gave this man eighty almost ninety million a guaranteed contract, we we gonna start out at a hundred million and go from there. Right, a guaranteed money, no stipulations. No, no matter what I perform, what I do, I'm getting paid. Right, and that's huge for the NFL, man. And, I, and to me, it is an upgrade. You know, uh, and no, no nothing against Keenum, it is an upgrade uh, to get Kirk Cousins. I don't know what Washington was thinking about. Maybe they just want to move on because they, they're kind of been lackluster in the playoffs, but it wasn't all on Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Um, just kind of got a situation where they wasn't able to move up as much as they could could have or should have. 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, like I say, I'm 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 excited to see where it's gonna go from here. You know, um, I'm sure I'm not happy about this contract. You know, but it's, it, I I gotta give it to him, man. This man, Kirk Cousins, had be one of the smartest businessmen over the past few years because he took two franchise tags. Where I think over the last two years he probably made fifty plus million dollars, and then he do this right here. He probably got paid the most money. Of any player over the last five years, of any player, because of what the moves he's made, and you you got to give him props for that. And the, the owner may not like it, but how, but check this out: if the owner, if they keep winning the way they won this past season, which I do believe, and Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings with their defense and you know their running game will be come back stronger. I think they'll be solid in the NFC. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I think they're going to continue to win. Uh, I you know I have them as one of the teams that they're still a contender. And they blew it this year. They they had an opportunity to, to play at home, and and of course that didn't happen because they got totally embarrassed by by Philadelphia. But I think they're making a, a good decision with going with uh, Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, man. Like I said, but it, it, it's just beginning because I mean I, I've been looking today and it's 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 wide open where everybody going to. You saw that basically. Uh, I mean, you got people going everywhere. I got. I mean, in a lot of believe it or not, you know what I'm saying. I think. De- Deion Lewis and Amendola both both left are gonna leave uh the New England Patriots. I mean, you got Graham out here, he going to the to Green Bay. It's 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 a lot of movement, it's a lot of exciting things. Helote Nata is, is going to Philly, which I can't believe because my goodness, you know, they they line was already stacked as it is. You got Bennett and Nata, and I'm hearing and it can't it might be true, it might not, that Sue wants to go to Philadelphia. You, you yeah, I was about to ask about Duncan Sue. I mean, if you think about that, that that defense was already pretty solid. It wasn't the best in the NFC. I I, I would say that defense defensively, well, you couldn't tell by the game against Minnesota with with uh against Philadelphia, but that defense was pretty good with Cox, you know, and they're clogging up that middle. But if you add two more guys like that in a Sue, defensively, you got to say on paper, at least with the front seven. That's the best in the league. It's no doubt the best in the league. I mean, they I think they were I, I wanna say they were they were number they were tops against the run last year. So you've done nothing but add on to your strength and their linebackers are good and athletic. The only shortcoming to me is the secondary. And I think that's a weakness. So I'm I they front seven, I thought I would rate it probably the best, but you know that they do have a weakness in the secondary and if they wanna make some moves in free agency or the draft or whatever and kinda Short it up. I mean, they they defense could be really special. Yeah, it would be man. And like I say, they already won a Super Bowl. But what's just real quick? I want to cover this. What do you think about the quarterback situation? Like as far as how that would be in Philadelphia? That's that'd be an interesting story. Uh, I think it's a people made a bigger deal out of it than what it is when he's healthy. And you know what's the kid's name? Uh, the one that got injured. I, you know what? And I lost his name too. Uh, <laughs> and I know his name. I, just, I was just looking him up earlier today. Uh, but yeah, the one that got hurt. Uh, you got to think about it. He, if he comes back, he's very. He's a very good quarterback. No doubt. And he's a top one. One of the top quarterbacks had one of the best numbers in the league before he got hurt. So, I'm, so and to me, if before before he got hurt, he was leading. Um, 
candidate for MVP. Yeah. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is his name. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. I think, to me, if I were foes, I would have tried to get me one of those big contracts while the iron was hot. But I think he's a guy that's really happy where he is. I think he's honestly content being the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he is content. I mean, he has nothing to lose. I mean, because a couple of years ago, you know, Foles looking at, you know, retiring when he was uh, with the uh, L.A. Uh, with the Rams, comes back, and now he can play and get paid. It's a, you know, in, in bench. And then you can say, hey, look, I'm a Super Bowl champion. I took him to the Super Bowl. We won. And he can still get a nice contract and get paid. I mean, you got two quarterbacks. I mean, Philadelphia, to me, is a contender for next year. I mean, they're, they're, they're favorites. I would say they're the favorites. I mean, even the Patriots still up there. But what they have, what they're putting together right now, I would think they're the favorite to win it all again next year. I mean, at least what, what you're seeing on paper right now and what they're developing is, is a pretty special. Man, I, I agree. I agree, man. But um, they, 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 they could be putting something. I'd like the coach, and he's the coach seems like he is a – Offensive guru, a quarterback whisperer, just like they say Andy Reid would. But the difference between him and Andy Reid is he has a Super Bowl now. Yeah. So, so that's always big. I mean, they've been very active so far in free agency. I, I mean, they could be building something pretty special here. You know, I'm sure some of my people like Bryce and Miko love hearing that. You know. Oh yeah, man, they love it, man. They, these are Philly guys to the heart. So you know, hearing that, I mean, at least you know Philadelphia. Uh, and that division, to me, is the best in the division. I mean, nobody – you're looking at New York Giants. I mean, just kind of toss-up. You're looking at, you know, the Cowboys. Um, you just don't know. Uh, so, that division, at least, I know for sure they come out of the division on top. Oh, I, I, think, I think, man, I think not only that, I think they're winning the division. I think – and they're the favorite in the NFC, to me, to make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I mean, they they definitely they and then the thing about it, they young. That's the other thing they have inside. They have youth, you know. They they can be a team to reckon with for a long time, man. They they could they over the next decade, they could they can win another two or three Super Bowls, man. Yeah, that, and that'd be awesome, man, to see that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. I, like I said, I'm, I'm with you. That we're 100. percent Let's transition to the into the NBA real quick, man. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about that. Um. Uh, People are saying about the Cleveland. What do you think about Cleveland? What, what is your honest opinion about the Cleveland Cavaliers? I think they are work in progress. You know, people get excited. When you get all these new players trying to exist together, you're going to have good nights. They gonna, sometimes they win just off adrenaline, excitement. But then, you know, they got to still have to learn how to play together. Then love is not back yet. They're going to have to adjust to that. But I think still, they'll make it to the finals. But, of course, they're they're going to lose in the finals. With that being said, it depends because I'm gonna say this: uh, the Golden State Warriors are not the same team when Steph is not on the floor, and it's evident they lost what two in a row. Their record is better. The record honestly is better when KD doesn't play. You know, it's worse when it's it's better when Steph played without KD. Steph. Absolutely. And you think they're strange. And now, I think KD is the better player, but I think Steph is the most important player. As, absolutely. When you look at as far as 
what Steph does to the other defenses. You know, he spreads the floor. He's shooting the ball from 35 feet out. You can't defend that. I right. mean, we're not just talking about him being unguardable like he's just out here. I mean, he can cross you over. He can get in the inside. But it's the fact that he can shoot from that far. How do you guard that? Their defenses can't even set, get set up to guard that. Because before when we come down the court, he's almost at half court shooting a three. And you're just like, oh, my goodness, we just tried to score and missed a shot. So the defense is a wall out. And he just he confuses them so much. And then if you if you guard up on him, he can cross you over and go inside. So he's he's the most important player on the team. He's like he's like water. You know, like uh, you know, I love I love a nice steak medium well, right? Uh-huh. And that'd be my main course. You know, but you gotta have water to live. If I didn't drink water, I was just on cocoa every day, I my health would be in question. But KD is, is your main course meal, and Steph Curry is that water you need. And you know, water is it doesn't have a taste that like oh, is it sweet? Anything like, water is water. You know, water can be refreshing to you, and it can replenish your body. But it, when you talk about in comparison to KD, yeah, KD is the more is the more talented overall player. But but again, that lost two straight with him. Uh, he's even said that it feels funny without him. I think that Steph Curry is probably a better leader right now than KD. I think KD just KD is developing that to that point, but. Steph Curry brings some. I mean, he's changed the game. He's changed the league. Yeah. And, and in the playoffs, again, playoffs is about defense. So just think about a 35-foot three-pointer. How do you guard that? That's it. And, and I'm going to tell you something. This is my prediction. You know, Steph is not 100%. The Houston Rockets will win the Western Conference. Yep. I totally – I tell you, I mean, I ain't talking about if he's not – I'm not – if he's not himself – if he's not Steph, I don't care what Durant doing. I don't. I think Houston will beat beat uh, Golden State to make it to the NBA Finals. They will. Uh, without without Steph Curry, with Steph Curry, Houston will still make it a series. But I still don't think they'll beat. You know, they'll beat them with Steph Curry in the playoffs. Uh, I think Draymond Green gets better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. I don't think he cares much in the regular season, and he gets better. Uh, he started to shoot more. He started to get more shots. He started to do – to me, Draymond Green is also another important player. And I, to be honest with you, I will say this again. I'm going to say it 10,000 10, more times. If Draymond Green gets hurt, I don't think they'll win. Because, because he does so much on the court for them. Uh, he's their best passer. If you think about it, he, he, he passed the ball. He's a lead assist man. Uh, he's getting your blocks. He's getting, your, you know, those those chippy steals. You know, he's playing your, your best player in the post, uh, night in, night out. Undersized, but he's still playing them. And, he, and he's shutting down people like Kevin Love. Like last year, Kevin Love had a good series, but he, he neutralized uh, Kevin Love to some fault. So even if you lose him, and Houston has a good chance of winning the finals. I even say this right now. I think Houston has, right now, the way it's looking, of course, with Steph Curry being out, Houston probably could win it and should win it. And if they win, in, okay. if they win the West, they win the championship. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. No doubt about it at all, man. I think it's really, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really overreacting to what's going on in Cleveland because you get you on you playing on the flat with new players and then you got people just out health wise. So I think they'll be fine. They'll make it to the finals and lose to either Houston or Golden State. Right. Um, but you know, it's it's much ado about nothing. But I, I, the thing to watch for this playoffs. Is Steph is Steph's ankle? That's that's the 
that's the deciding factor of what happened in the playoffs. And it, it is, and like I told people the other day on Twitter, uh, it's not like this is the first time he missed eleven games. The first time he got he got hurt, he missed a few games here and there, and he also missed in the playoffs uh, a couple of years ago. It, to me, in the Western Conference, there's no other team that can beat them but Houston. So they can go in the playoffs in the Western Conference without Steph Curry a whole series and win. You know, nope. um, and, and, and they don't even need them. And I mean, you think about last year, they they lost KD for a few games in the playoffs. They didn't even need KD. But in the right. finals, they brought him back. And of course, there was no chance that Cleveland had. But I'm going to tell you another team that people are not looking paying attention to. They're not really, cre- but they're creeping up. And they got the number one seed in the East, and that's Toronto. People are not looking at Toronto, man. T- Toronto is another team that you got to say that can, can sneak up on Cleveland and make a series out of that, out of that series, man. I think it will. But I think, I think this is my prediction also. I think this is Cleveland's last year to win the East. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a change of the guard and the three teams is going to dominate because they all got youth. It's Philadelphia, Boston, and Toronto. Right. I think they all plan to make runs, and and I just really, I I just got this feeling that LeBron won't be there next year anyway. So I think it's it's about to be some changes. I don't really see a reason that LeBron stays in Cleveland. Uh, to me, I think LeBron did exactly what he was was supposed to do was bring a championship, and that was one of the biggest victories in sports history, not just in NBA history, but if you think about what LeBron did in his second year. To a, a city that hasn't won, comes back and wins. To me, he has nothing else to prove. Besides, if he wins another one, that just makes him the goat. You know, but to me, right. who is another one in Cleveland? He's the goat. You just gotta get just give him the goat. It's not about winning six. It's about what he did. It's about the impact of what he's doing. And if he wins, if he mess around, creep around, and something happens or injury happens, he wins four. I'm just gonna say LeBron's the goat. And because he brought a, a, a two championships to a city. It hadn't won after coming back to the city. So, but again, I doubt that it happens. Uh, again, because of where he's looking right now, uh, even with Boston, Boston uh, is another team that's a contender. They're not. I don't think they'll do anything in the playoffs. They don't have uh, Gordon Hayward. But again, it's either Toronto or Cleveland. Again, I, I'm, I agree with you. This may be their last year of going because again, Kevin Love is. You know, when he gets back, I just don't see Toronto beating them um, with that the change they've made. Right. Right. Uh, I know we always into the football and basketball. I, I do want to talk about two things that caught my attention. Uh, you know, and they always move the meter when you talk about this. One, Serena is back, but she's not back to being Serena. Matter of fact, she played Venus, and Venus beat her for the first time in like three or four years, but she beat her in straight sets. But you know, you're gonna charge it to a whole bunch of rust, and she, I'm sure she's probably not it. At even sixty percent right now, you know, she's not. She's not at a hundred percent, and you know, and like again, she's not even at half. I don't even think she's at half. And so right. her to even get back out there to me, just getting out there, kind of like competitive. I call it competitive practice, where you're competing, but you're just practicing to get back to a hundred percent. A lot of people, a lot of competitors, will go back into the game not really ready, but right. they want to go ahead and get the feel of it. I mean, they could just be practicing. But it's nothing like being in a real game and getting the emotions. So I think with Serena having a baby, you know, going through a situation where it was traumatic and, you know, almost lost her life and, you know, it was health issues with the baby and getting married. You know, a lot of things slow you down. And her not getting her win, you, you can tell she don't have a win up. You know, her win is a little down. 
she's not quite, you know, a hundred, you know, making those right moves or getting to the ball, the tennis, the tennis ball. So she, you know, in her, Venus, you know, Venus is her sister. And before yeah. Serena was good, you know, Venus was the was the was the one. And Venus, Venus don't have any children. And she don't have a family. She she's just out there practicing all the time. So right. you're looking at a fifty percent Serena losing to her sister. Uh, I, I'm not surprised, and I think you know you got you got to give her pretty much to me, in my opinion, the rest of the year. You know, you got to give her the rest of the year before you start seeing her really getting back to herself. And then another thing too, this is my opinion. I think she still be top flight and good enough maybe win another major too. Now, will we ever see the dominance that we saw before the pregnancy? No, I don't think so. Not just because she had a baby, because she had a baby and she had it in her late thirties. You know. So this is, I mean, naturally, she's gonna get old sooner or later in in tennis talk, you know. Actually, she, actually, for a tennis player, she's already considered old. Yeah, and to so, me, and it's another interesting point. I'm glad you brought it up because it made me think about athletes now, and and how they're preserving their their uh, longevity. You think about people like LeBron James and Tom Brady. These are guys that are getting up there in age, especially uh, Tom Brady. But I think what's, what's, what is making it an uh, easier feat is the fact that they are improving with their nutrition. And, it, you know, studies are out there, you know, uh, numbers are out there. When you improve your nutrition, uh, you also improve your longevity. You can do sports or your life, you know, your shelf life. So these guys are actually, you know, like Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald has a diet. He talks about it. Hey. I really focus on what I put in my body so I can perform at the highest level. And I think when these guys are uh, in uh, any athlete is on a, a diet that's geared towards the sport, they can they can increase their chef life. I mean, just think about it. LeBron James out there eating uh, fried chicken and from Popeyes every day and <laughs> and hamburgers from uh, McDonald's. Right. You wouldn't see those performances you, you see at his age in the league. Right. If Tom Brady was on that strict routine diet, I mean, Tom Brady even said the last year Super Bowl, hey. When I look, when I was 25, I was eating chips and this and that, whatever, and I was getting injured. Now I'm eating, you know, healthier foods. I'm on a diet routine, and I, I'm not even feeling pain as much. There's inflammation. Yeah, and I think so too. I saw something that, and I might be overlooking. That might, might Tom might be, it might be the end. His, his career coming to the end because I saw he was on a talk show with Jimmy Kimmel. It was on a late night show. And they had a beer drinking contest, and he ate a strawberry. First off, he hadn't, per his diet, he hadn't ate a strawberry in years. And I'm sure he also, I'm sure he ain't much beer consumption on his diet either. I think Tom sees the writing on the wall. He's, I, I don't mean he's retiring this year and right now, but I mean, like he was not playing to 45. I don't see it. I think, I think maybe next year might be his last year, in my opinion. I, until and you know, this is where I look at it. Uh, I take a little bit of a different spin on it. Um, I think that you're, you're right to a fault, but here's why I think that I'm gonna hold off on that. I think Tom Brady, as long as he's performing, I think he's gonna play. I think he, you know, next, I mean, he keeps he keeps he keeps surprising, he keeps setting records. I mean, look what he did in Super Bowl 505 passing yards. I mean, basically, it went into the last play, and Tom Brady had him in the game. And whatever he's doing in 2018, it's working for him. And I'm sure it worked for him in 2019. I, I'm not going to give up on him yet because, again, 
I admire his diet and his his regimen. Tom Brady hasn't shown he slowed down yet. And until I see where in the regular season where he just completely depleted and slowed down and the arm doesn't look right and the decisions don't look right, I'd be like, okay, it's over with. But right now, I still think he's an elite quarterback in the league, and I think next year he will be – I think the Patriots will probably be in Super Bowl. And according to the AFC, I don't see another team that can beat them right now unless you get Jacksonville, you know, defensively. They're just, they're just tough. But Tom Brady, I mean, right now, like LeBron James, People are saying he may he's he's you know you know slowing down and to some degree he is defensively, but offensively he hasn't. And so until he shows me complete depletion, I'm gonna go with Tom Brady being the top one one two quarterback in the league even at 40, and I'm gonna go with LeBron James being the best player in the league until somebody shows me different. I agree with that, but if you really look at it, is for them they still they. Brady, it's just fans to believe, believe it or not that showing Brady is starting to be on the decline. Because I'm gonna tell you, if you can, you can get the numbers next time we get there. Look at his numbers each year when it's getting colder and colder toward the end of the year. Now, look at his everything from interception to his completion percentage over the last five years. And when you look at it, it I would you, I want us to come back to it. And you'll be surprised at what you might find out, what you see or whatever. Right. Right. And so, like I say, man, um, I, like I say, I agree with you to a fault. It's kind of half and half. It's just that, you know, until I see complete depletion, I'm like, okay, well, we might want to turn the page. I mean, if you, think, if you think about it, I had a debate with a guy about Larry Fitzgerald. And if you, I, I can't name – I still think he's a top 10, top 10 receiver in the league. I still think that people – Will argue me and say, "Well, there's several other receivers." But you think about what he what he did last year. He had great numbers last year, and oh, yeah. you know, to me, you got to name you got to name me 12, 12, 13 receivers that are better than him. And he started with I think he's thirty four this year, and he hasn't really slowed down in, 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 until maybe a little bit of attrition, but not much. And again, it's about the eating habits. It's about the workouts and things like that. I think with technology. And with the advancement of us knowing what food can do to us, it's made a difference. I mean, 20 years ago, people didn't know what foods exactly what foods did for you. But now with a lot of research and information, you know what inflammation does. You know how bad it is. You know what how to decrease your blood pressure without medication. And these athletes are no I have access to this information now, the best doctors, the best sports medicine. And I think it's making a difference in longevity in, in, in their careers. All right. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um I mean, well, that's the key to the difference here between our athletes 20 and 30 years ago. I mean, they all still work out, and, and it's the it's the it's the nutrition part. That's that's the difference now. I was reading a book, and it's going back to Serena. I was actually reading a book about information, man, and I didn't know that information was such a debilitating, you know, um, disease with having information in your joints and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And there was so many different types of you know, in, inflammatory diseases that you get. And a lot of it is from how you eat. Uh, so, you know, with the food content, the sugar and things of that nature and how it basically uh, would have an information, how it can shorten your lifespan and also shorten your um, span of being able to do athletic activity. So right. it's, a, it's, it's, it's something. And I think with Serena, once she get her health together, if she can, you know, because having a baby is, is a huge deal later on this year. You, you're going to see something different. Right. 
I want to definitely speak about getting older. And do you think Tiger finally played a good played a good whole tournament? He came in second place. He was the only person that shot under par for all four rounds. Do you now? I'm when I'm I'm not asking the crazy question like is he back to being a Tiger to one major? No, but do you think he's a Tiger that can win a few tournaments and possibly win a major or two over the next? Four or five years. I think so. And let me tell you why I believe that. Because Tiger Woods was real young when he was winning. And you got to think about it, man. He was a kid winning the Masters. You know, this is unheard of. And he was just steadily winning. And I was reading, I watched a documentary on Tiger Woods, and I was reading on, on Tiger Woods because it was very interesting to watch his story. Tiger Woods was a violent, um, Striker when he was when he was hitting his uh, the clubs, meaning that he right. could drive way farther than most golfers because he was so strong, and right. he lifted weights like a football player. So what he was doing was he was using different techniques, and and he was strong as a football player, upper body, and he had a nice swing, but he was so violent right. that he caused he caused himself a lot of injury. Right. So you know he had like have a lot of surgery and stuff like that because he was such a violent and such a powerful. Striker of, of the golf club driver, so right. that's early on, and I think part of that was his success, and part and part of it was his failure. Another sprinkle of that too was some of the issues he had personally. And I tell people, I right. tell people all the time, your personal issues do affect you physically if in any type of work. If your home is not a hundred percent, it will show in some kind of way professionally, and that's right. anything you do. And I think with the, some of the scandals, and think about it. He he may have shown some attrition, but before that scandal, he was still winning. And in the scandals, it was kind of like he just fell off completely. He had the surgery, then the scandal came, and then he lost his wife. Uh, got had his wife divorced him, and it's just like he wasn't really, you know, he just he hadn't won since then. Yeah. So, so I think you know, years and years after that, again, I think Tiger might be what is he 42, 41, 42? Uh, one, I think, I think, I think he's. I want to say about 42, 43 now. Yeah, 42, 43 years old. I mean, so you're looking at his age. He's Yes, he's 42, born in 75. So he's not even that old. I mean, he just turned 42 December 30th. And so you're looking at his age. You're saying, man, you know, you're looking at the old guys like Jack Nicholson. These guys played golf and were winning well older, older than him. And, you know, Jack Nicholas, I mean. And they were well older than him and they were winning still. Golf can go... For a long time, I mean, he can play golf into well into his sixties. Oh um, yeah, and, and he can retire. But so I'm, he's still in golf years. He's still young, you know. Oh no doubt. In the golf years, so he still has time to maybe sneak in a couple of majors and, and think about it. Then he can get his re- revitalize his career. And to me, still, to me, in my opinion, he's no doubt, no doubt. I still think he's the greatest of all time in, in golf uh, because of what he did in a short time span. And how he dominated the sport. He basically dominated that sport for a decade. Yeah. I want to, before we got up tonight, I want to give a shout. And you might know more about this region than me. But I read an article about uh, a small high school powerhouse in Mississippi that's combined. That's, that's, it's no more. It's combining with another, a larger school, but. The name of the school, you got to him pronounce it right. It's either where or where, Thomas. Which one is it? Where. Mm-hmm. Where. 
a lot of people, but I can remember where when I played football. Where when I say the true meaning is a was a powerhouse football program. Where I think they end up with like eight, nine North one A states those t- titles and one end up winning like six state titles. Mm-hmm. I mean they 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 were they were they were every bit the powerhouse. There's one of those names, you know, but they were a one A school that you associate. With you know, they, but they were right up there with the West Point and South Nolas for how successful they were, right? And I think they've they're closed down and they're consolidated with Ackerman. That's huge, so, yeah. And I, I you know, it's, it, it, it's really strange, you know, because like a lot of people that it had to be people our age and older to even know about where and remember, I was hearing about this little one day school that was always winning state championships, right. But you know, I mean, like I say, I think this the community. I don't think I don't think it had before five hundred people in the community. But I, I know how football is everywhere, and I know that is a blow to that community and today tradition. I mean, you don't really hear much about it. You rarely hear about a school that's been that dominant in a sport closing down. You know, where well, it did, but it did happen also with the consolidation with uh Bassfield, Bassfield. Combined with Prentice and they were you no know, Jeff, Jefferson Davis County High School, right? And and let me tell you something else uh, with that. And of course, you know I follow them on Twitter, Jefferson Davis, and they and they, and they won a championship, right? Uh, in three A, so they went up another uh, division and they won. But uh, now there have been some talks. I'm not sure if it's going to happen that Vicksburg High School and Warren Central may combine as one school. And you know some people are against it, but they have been presenting it. In, in, in the city to because you know Warren Central is, is basically a city is a school in the city it's just, a, it's just on the other side of town right. and Duisburg High is, just, is, a, is a city school too they're not county schools and people think that Warren Central is a county school it's a city school it's right in the city of Vicksburg it's right there yeah. off of 27 right. and, and, and Vicksburg's on the other side but they're thinking about combining it because of financial reasons and, and it's always financial reasons of, of, of funding when you have those uh, schools combining but you have a two, you have a five A school and six A school that will combine that. That's huge. But you know they haven't finalized that deal yet with Warren Central and Vicksburg. And Vicksburg. But when those happen, and like you say, it's a big blow to one school in the community. But it's usually a financial situation, and you know it ends up being a situation that they could capitalize on if they can consolidate and bring it out. I I, I would hate to see what that might look like. They could they could be. Getting ready to create a powerhouse program down there again, you know. I think Vicksburg. I mean, no. I mean, Warren Central is the better program right now, but Vicksburg is still a solid program. And just combining all those kids together, the best of the best, they could, they could, they could really be a force to be a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. And you think about even in Mississippi, you know, of course, the largest uh, high school is Tupelo, and I, and I'm right here in Tupelo, and I get to see what, what's going on here. But if you look at Madison Central, at one point Madison Central was the largest school, and they basically broke off into three different schools, uh, and they still got a big school in six A. You know that uh, from from Madison Central, you got uh, Ridgeland High, and also you got Germantown. That, that was all Madison Central, right? Uh, and it broke off in it to two other five A schools, uh, and then before that they were doing well, and they're still doing well as far as the football program, but. Right. Uh, you know they they they're doing the exact opposite because they're growing so much in Madison County, 
that they're actually growing in other schools. And they were saying projected that Germantown might be 6A school in the next maybe three or four seasons. And this might another prediction about that to me in the next 10 to 15 years. Believe it or not, well, it's not really hard to believe because if you look at now, they probably one of the five or maybe six or seven biggest high schools in the state. I believe Northwest Rankin would be the biggest high school in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, we talked about that before. And you're looking at Northwest Rankin and what they're doing and how Flowood and that area is growing so fast. You know, every time I come home, man, there's something added into Flowood. There's something they put in there of subdivision there. I mean, they're growing so fast and they're changing the road system. Anytime you change the road system, that means that's growth. That means somebody is, put, is planning to put on neighborhood. So there's growth going. And, I mean, you think about Rankin County. Rankin County is still one of the fastest growing uh, counties in, in Mississippi. Right. Uh, right under DeSoto County and then Lauderdale County, which is Meridian. Meridian uh, County is growing real fast. And right. also Clay County. Clay County with West Point, which is in the Golden Triangle, they're growing. And so I look at growth to see how these teams are going to stack up, uh, these schools. And th- those counties are growing. Right. So, I mean, they, 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 it's, it's, it's large. Like I said, we from Rank County. And I, I live in Northwest Rankin School District. My daughter goes to Oakdale Elementary. Uh, I'm telling you, it's it's not just a house. I mean, everything looks like it's, it's a new subdivision going up, not a house being built. I mean, it's just you just see them clearing land everywhere. It's it's it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy, now. and I and I do agree with you, man. One, I mean, Northwest Rankin is already huge as far as the top, you know, top six eight schools, and you know, Brandon's right there. I mean, Rankin County is still growing. I think those top three schools in Rankin County, like Northwest Rankin, Pearl, uh, and, and, and Brandon, will still be six eight for years to come because that area is still growing all around. Uh, in Rankin County, those numbers are steady going up. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, no doubt about it. Um, another thing before we get out of here, I want to give to give some credit and shout out to, like I said, we talk about the the class twenty nineteen all the time, but uh, the Mississippi Grand, you know, that's the that's the premier seven on seven ball club in the state. They went to a uh, one like a tournament of thirty two, thirty two of the best teams in the some on some teams in the country, and they had they they they're so big they have a two squads they have a blue team and they have a gray team for the Mississippi Mississippi Grand and believe it or not they were so good uh, they didn't come home with the title I think the gray team lost in the championship game and but both teams were in the semifinals they just had to play against each other to get to the championship game so the gray team had to play the blue team in order to make it to the championship game. Right. So you had, you had you had two squads, one group that was good enough to make it to the final four. That I just mean, shows you, that just proves by itself without any evidence that that's all evidence you need. You don't even have to say it that Mississippi got some one of the most talented group of players. We're not even talking about the players that didn't play. I mean that's 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 talent all around still in the twenty nineteen class that uh that are still just sitting around and may have not participated. But that just proves right there. Mississippi is 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 small as it is compared to Texas, or California, or other states. They're bringing out uh, premier talent across the country. And what? Let me ask you one question. I do have an interesting question I can think about. Why do you think that's happening now? Well, like I said, it's 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 more bodies. 
coming into the state of these subdivisions because, like you said, the Soto County, it's, 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 it's the population is spreading up there. In, in like I said, in, in, in Rankin County, the population is spreading. Around, around Hattiesburg, you had the district you know, that came out nowhere like Pebble, No Grove. I think it's more, I don't know how to put it, it's more people coming into the state and going into those, I'm, I'm going to say not into those suburban areas. You know, like you said, you got you got houses and, you know, going to build them shot up everywhere. But I think, too, is the advancement of football, you know, because we're from Mississippi, so most of us know coming up, most of our football teams ran a 4-3 defense, and most of them ran, ran, ran the eye, eye formation. Eye formation, yeah. <laughs> and that's what that was the bread and butter for everybody. You got the spread and came to town now. You see teams that run three, four defenses and even some other type of defenses. It's just, it's more sophisticated. It's become a more intelligent football game. And then let's not, we can't forget the training. It's different, man. You know, you, in, in Mississippi, especially in Central Mississippi, a lot of players know about D1 sports in Madison. That's that's where, what, and, and that's a good point. I was asked a similar question about it with um I was on I had an interview with SES Mississippi with uh John Luke McCord from SES. Shout out to SES Mississippi. Uh they're one of the, to me one of the better uh probably the best in Mississippi as far as coverage in football. Uh they do an excellent job in uh with, with uh you know the sports across the uh, state. But uh the the thing I said was basically the coaching, uh the, the training the coaching. South Panola again, and this is my until they show me I don't think that they'd be as dominant as they were now because the playing field is leveled now. Everybody's is no um is giving you different looks uh, offensively. The coaching is better. I mean, like you said, they they run the uh, people's run the four three and I formation. That, but that's that's not it. Now we people are running pro style offense. You got pro style quarterbacks. Uh, the coaching is uh, is leveled out uh, across Mississippi. So. You know, Sapanola may not get that five in a row, six in a row in football uh, again. Uh, they may win a few here and there, but I think it's going to be a parody for now. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, you, the difference you just see it with a perfect example, just a, just a simple play. When we was in high school, you remember? Okay, the coach called the play, the quarterback come to the huddle, he tell you to play, and you run the play. That's it. That's it. You go to any high school game now, they might go in there with this would be the play. It's people out of them all the time. You can see them stand up and look over to the sideline. They might change the play. It's so much more going on, you know. No matter what look you got when you back in that day, if it was if you knew it was a bad play, that was the play you were gonna run. Yep, no matter what. And now they're changing up plays. I mean, I was I was watching uh the quarterback from um from Oak Grove. And he's that kind of pro style ACS uh, quarterback, and he was changing. He, you can see him doing audibles through most of the game when he played against Meridian, and they put up six nine points on Meridian that game. But you know, he was like, I was like, man, this guy's amazing out there. You didn't see that when we were coming through uh, in high school, and that's what you're getting now. These guys are a little bit smarter. I'm not saying that that we were dumb or they were dumb back when we were in high school with the, um, the the talent. But again, that's what that's why I predicted that unless. South Nola proves me different. I don't think that they'll be winning five or six straight anymore. I think those days have kind of gotten old with as far as football in Mississippi. 
Uh, you got pe- people like uh, Chris Jones out of Starkwood is a good coach. You know, you got Warren to you know, with his, well, they're coaching. Uh, they can beat anybody. Uh, and, and it's just the, the playing field has leveled up and they've gotten smarter across the board. It's just hard to, to, to win five or six straight now. Right. No doubt about it. Man, well, I, 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 like I say, it's just a lot to look forward to. And like I say, we, I think we can wrap it up. I think what we're going to try to do is get back in tomorrow or Thursday. And we want to start getting some more people involved in here, coming on, talking, open up the debate, make it even a little bit more fun, you know. Yeah, most, oh, absolutely. And I think what we're going to do is try to plug in uh, Miko Williams. We'll try to get him in on a podcast and get Larry Walker up in on the podcast and get these guys free. And so maybe we'll set some up for tomorrow and get these guys on here. We can really just chop in. and The more, the better. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll knock some more topics out, man. But that's been it, man. It's been a good Walker to Walker. Uh, we're going to publish this in, and we're going we're gonna to put this in the, in the archive. All right, man. We'll get together tomorrow, man. Okay, bro. You see? All right.